Welcome to The Open Word, the online teaching ministry of Pastor David Landry on today's episode. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. Give us ears to hear your truth and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw. believe that Paul ever taught an easy believism. And yet, unfortunately, there's many churches today that that's the very reality they are proclaiming. Oh, just believe. Just believe. What about repentance? What about surrender? What about obedience? Jesus didn't proclaim an easy believism. He says, you want to follow me? You need to leave everything and come follow me. You want to follow me? You need to die to self. Oh, by the way, you need to do that daily. Why? Because Jesus knew that though we die once, we keep resurrecting ourselves, don't we? So daily, and for some of us, it's like moment by moment. I have to die continually to self. Do you believe in Jesus? Many proclaim belief in God, but their lives aren't reflective of a true, deep belief and surrender to Him in their lives. Pastor David reminds you today that even the demons intellectually believed in Jesus, but their belief was a far cry from faith. Paul emphasized in his teaching to the early churches that simply declaring intellectual belief isn't the true faith. True faith is about surrendering your life, proclaiming with your mouth, and seeking to live obediently to God and all that He declares. Now here's Pastor David in the book of Acts chapter 18 as he continues his message, An Insufficient Gospel. Well, the caretaker of his estate lets you know in that letter, no, Clyde doesn't have any other heirs. As a matter of fact, he's leaving everything that he had to you. And he goes on to list the millions and millions of dollars that that great Uncle Clyde, you know that one that you really loved, uh, great Uncle Clyde had, all the millions he had, all the holdings that he had in various businesses, all the stocks and the bonds that were his, all the lands that he owned, all of those. The letter said, all of that is yours. All you, sim- all you need to do is simply follow the instructions at the bottom of this letter. And you look down at the bottom of the letter And you find out that the bottom of the letter had been shredded by one of those machines in the post office. You have no idea now how to be able to receive all those promises. And that's kind of what Apollos' message was. All of these promises are ours. Great. How do I get them? Well, God's going to give you all of these promises. They're all going to be available to you. How do I get them? Apollos didn't know because that was the baptism of John. And so when we look at this, we understand, okay, all of these promises, Apollos' message, Apollos' teachings, I believe they're absolutely sincere. They were absolutely honest from all that he knew. But yet at the same time, they were totally insufficient for an eternal relationship with God because they were incomplete. I guess my question today is, how many teachers right now 
through various churches, even through, I would say, parachurches, some places that call themselves churches, but yet they're really cults. They're not giving the complete gospel. They're giving only a portion. And people's lives, oh, they love God. They, they want to be a part, but there's nothing within the message that really is going to bring about a change in their lives. And so that insufficient gospel becomes no gospel at all. To proclaim God's love without the understanding of the sacrifice and the payment of Jesus, the the need for us to, to respond to that payment, guys, that's incomplete. If it's not speaking how we need to respond. To say that all we need to do even is to follow Jesus without also declaring our need to repent and to surrender all to him, guys, guess what? That's incomplete. Oh, I follow Jesus. He's, he's a great model for me to live my life after. No, he didn't come to be a model for you. He didn't come to be just a, a personality that you would look at his life and say, there's a good man, I wanna live like that. To tell people that we, oh, all you have to do is just simply turn over a new leaf. Just don't live that way. Start living that way. Stop doing all that bad stuff and start doing all this good stuff. To tell people to do that without a call to be submitted to the lordship of Jesus Christ in your life, that surrendering of our lives. Guys, that message is incomplete. Even when we tell folks to, oh, you just need to love your neighbor. You just need to treat people with great love and respect because they are God's creation. And if you just love your neighbor as yourself, then everything's going to be absolutely wonderful. You know, and if you would just read your Bible more. Oh, and and don't forget, you need to come to church more. Oh, and by the way, when they pass the, uh, the, the basket or the plate, oh, you need to be sure and give more. All of those things, it becomes incomplete because they're not speaking of the fact and the understanding that our sin has been paid for by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And because of that, when we come to receive that, that we are redeemed from the very wrath of God that is already against our lives, we're redeemed from that because Christ took our place. Guys, if that's not part of the gospel message that people are hearing, then you know what? The message is insufficient and it is not the gospel at all. As a matter of fact, it does even more damage because people are called to just be good, do as best you can, and everything will be fine. And so people live their life with a hope and a desire. I want to please God. I want to do the right thing. But the gospel has not been made complete to them. The message is not complete. Again, of the need for us to surrender. As educated as Apollos was in in, in the knowledge of the world, uh, in the knowledge of the scripture, there was still something that he was missing. He wasn't trying to be deceitful. He wasn't trying to to trick people. 
He simply didn't have all the needed information. And when I look around at different churches today or those that claim to be churches but that are really not proclaiming the gospel, my heart breaks because many, if not most of those people have a great love for God, a great desire, and yet they're ignorant of the truth of the gospel. They've bought into either an incomplete message or a complete lie of the message. Verse 26 tells us that when Aquila and Priscilla heard him teach there in the synagogue, they they took him aside. And they, they explained to him the way of God more accurately. I believe that's when they truly shared with him the very same things that Paul had shared with them. Remember when Paul came and met Aquila and Priscilla back in Corinth a chapter or so ago and shared with them the truth of the gospel, Aquila and Priscilla, they became, again, believers. Now they're sharing the way of God more accurately with Apollos. And when Apollos desired to cross to Achaia, the brethren there in Ephesus, they, they wrote a letter of recommendation to him. They wrote exhorting the disciples there in Corinth to receive him. And when Apollos arrived in Corinth, he greatly helped those who had believed through grace. Why? Because, man, he had, he had the Old Testament down. And now he understood all the fulfillment of all those Old Testament scriptures. So, man, he was really able to teach and encourage because he had the completeness of the message. Now he had the sufficiency of the gospel to be able to proclaim. But it also goes on to there. Once he got to Corinth, he vigorously refuted the Jews publicly showing from the scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. I gotta stop right there. Showing from the scriptures. Church, what scriptures did he have to show that Jesus is the Christ? The Old Testament. He didn't have the gospels like you and I do. He didn't have the letters of Paul with him like you and I do. No, he had the Old Testament scriptures. And from the Old Testament scriptures, proclaiming and refuting the Jews publicly, showing that Jesus is the Christ. Once he came to that fulfillment of the knowledge, the completeness of of the promises that he had already been sharing, the realization of the power of the sacrifice and the resurrection of Jesus, I believe that Apollos was probably even more fervent in spirit. I don't think you could have held that guy back at that point in time. Man, it was a fulfillment of everything he was anticipating and looking for, showing them from the Old Testament that Jesus is the Christ. Well, Apollos left Ephesus, went on over to Corinth, there sharing with the church, openly proclaimed the gospel to the lost that were still in that city, refuting with the Jews, encouraging the church. All of these things were going on. Now we move into chapter 19. And as Apollos is moving over to Corinth and getting settled into Corinth, we read that, and it happened while Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, he now came to Ephesus. So in other words, Apollos left, went to Corinth. Now Paul comes into Ephesus. While he's in Ephesus, the word tells us he found some disciples. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And so they said to them, or to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is 
a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? And so they said, into John's baptism. And then Paul said, well, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. We're going to find out a little bit later in this passage, there was actually 12 of these men that Paul is ministering to. What we find out right here is these guys are in the same boat that Apollos was. They'd heard the message that, that John the Baptist had preached, and during this transitional time of the church, transitioning from the Old Testament teachings now to the New Testament teachings of the fullness and the completeness of the gospel, they find themselves kind of stuck in the middle. We can understand how that happens. They hear the message of repentance. They hear the message that the kingdom of God is at hand. They are convicted of their, of their sinful life. They, they've repented. They, they strive to live a life that brings glory to God, but they never realize Jesus has already paid it all. They never fully realize that the complete payment for their sin was accomplished on the cross. On that day, just outside the walls of the city of, of Jerusalem, as Christ hung on that cross, then he was buried and then after three days, he rose again, raised from the dead. Their faith, these 12 men, their faith was close, but it was still insufficient. And that's why Paul had to share with them more. Now, now Luke tells us that Paul only shared a very short sentence with him. As a matter of fact, we read, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. Well, that's a pretty short gospel message right there. And even in that, you think, well, that's not very complete. But then I also think, well, what about the message that he gave to the Philippian jailer? You remember that just a short while ago. What did he tell the Philippian jailer? Men, what, what shall I do to be saved? And Paul says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved and your household. And you think, okay, th th that's all I have to do is just believe and everything is fine. Guys, I don't believe that what Luke writes for us here is the totality of what Paul shared with these individuals, either with the Philippian jailer, because remember, even then, he went into the house and he began to speak to them more clearly and more fully. But even for these 12 men, I believe that the message was much greater, particularly when we look at the writings of Paul. It's much more than just believe, much more than just an intellectual assent to the words that are being declared. James even tells us, you know, the demons believe, but they tremble. So it's much more than just saying, yes, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Even much more than just believing, I believe that the death of Jesus Christ paid for the sin of the world. It's more than an intellectual agreement, guys. To receive the fullness of the hope that's found in the gospel is all about our personal surrender and commitment to Jesus Christ. Don't, don't misunderstand me. It's, it's not a work that we do. No, that's not where we're going. But it is coming to an acceptance and coming to a surrender 
of the fullness of the redemption through the completed sacrifice of Christ. I'm surrendered to him. I believe that the words, the very message that, that, that Paul gave these men, much more than we have printed on the pages here in the book of Acts. And, and I say that not just in some kind of a, a loose speculation. I actually say that on the evidence of Paul's letters and Paul's words throughout the balance of the New Testament. I don't believe that Paul ever taught an easy believism. And yet, unfortunately... There's many churches today that that's the very reality they are proclaiming. Oh, just believe. Just believe. What about repentance? What about surrender? What about obedience? Jesus didn't proclaim an easy believism. He says, you want to follow me? You need to leave everything and come follow me. You want to follow me? You need to die to self. Oh, by the way, you need to do that daily. Why? Because Jesus knew that though we die once, we keep resurrecting ourselves, don't we? So daily, and for some of us, it's like moment by moment. I have to die continually to self because it keeps rearing its ugly head. No, Paul understood that it's not easy believism, and then all of a sudden now you, you've got the pass. You, you, you've got your ticket. Everything's fine between you and God. You can just go ahead and live your life, and when the time comes, you show your ticket. I prayed the prayer. I signed the card. I did whatever. I get the right to come in. And that's when the Lord looks at us and says, depart from me because I never knew you. I never knew you. You see, Paul gave us some pretty powerful words. Romans chapter 12, he, he says, I, I beseech you, I beg of you, I plead with you by the very mercies of God that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God because that's your minimal service. That's just the lowest expectation. Uh, most of our version says that's our reasonable service. In essence, what he's saying, that, that's just the beginning start. We surrender everything to him. We are a sacrifice to him. But he goes on there in Romans, he says, and don't be conformed, don't be pressed into the jello mold of the world. Do we still have jello molds? I don't know, maybe I'm speaking my age here. <laughs> don't be pressed into the cookie cutter of the world. How's that? But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When you came to Christ, when you made that commitment to Christ, is your mind in that process of transformation? Is it being transformed in a continual way? Paul also told us in, in, in Galatians chapter two, he says, even for himself, I, I, I am crucified with Christ. In other words, he says, I died with Christ. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I'm living, and, and yet it's not me that's living. It's Christ that lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul says, no, it's, it's not an easy believe him, just believe. No, I, I have died with Christ in order that he can live. That's what coming to Christ is all about. That's what being a believer in Jesus Christ is all about, church. That's what truly being born again is all about. Paul goes on, he encourages us in a full commitment, Romans chapter six, beginning in verse six, he says, knowing this, knowing this, that your old man was crucified 
Well, it's not just your old man. It's not just your dad. That's not who he's talking about. He's talking about you. He's talking about you, you yourself, the old man crucified with him. That the body of sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin. Guys, does that sound like just an intellectual agreement? Does that sound like just a, a, a coming to a, a knowledge and a belief? No, that comes to a complete surrender. Man, I want my old self to be done away with. I want that body of sin to be done away with. Paul tells us there, he says, for he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Beloved, I could go on and on with verse after verse after verse. Both the words of Jesus, the words of Paul, the words of Peter, the words of John, uh, all of those speaking, again, of the, our lives in Christ. Don't worry, this next section in the book of Acts here it starts talking about, again, these guys being uh, baptized, being filled with the Spirit, speaking in tongues. A little bit later in verse chapter 19, it talks about these miracle prayer, healing cloths. We'll get into all of that uh, next time. But right now, I, I just want you to focus on the reality of what is happening with these 12 men. Their lives are changing. And really, my question to you right now, are you following and have you surrendered to an insufficient gospel? Or have you truly surrendered your life to the reality of what it means to be a complete follower of Jesus Christ? I, as a pastor, it's a, it's a fearsome responsibility. Number one, to proclaim the truth nothing but the truth, the truth of God's word and the responsibility of not tickling ears but of actually making people feel uncomfortable sometimes when they hear the word. Listen, I want to tell you, there's many times when I'm studying the word, many times that I'm uncomfortable even in studying it. So I come to you with bruised toes also and that reality that, man, it's got to be true. It's got to be real in my life because I so want it to be real and true in your life. I think that day is coming. I think that day is coming soon. Yeah, where every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. But you know what? I also fully understand that some of those are going to bow for the very first time. And at that point in time, it'll be too late. Because it's appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. Nobody's going to pray you out of that after you breathe your last. But my guess is that you're probably here today because there's a lot of people praying for you right now. And if you've never made that commitment to Jesus Christ, and if you've never made that kind of a commitment of your life to Jesus Christ, guys, right now is the time. Today is that day, that appointed day, perhaps for you even today. Open our hearts, change us from within by
Thank you for joining us today on The Open Word. Acts is such an interesting book about the early church and how people engaged with their newfound faith and then spread that good news to their region and the entire world. If you're new to the Bible and are unsure what this newfound faith is, you can learn more about a man named Jesus who came to save you. He came as the Son of God to save you from your sins. These early disciples in the book of Acts were elated to share with everyone what Jesus had done for each of them. They wanted others to know that kind of love too. If you want to understand this more fully, we'd like you to know that here at The Open Word, we're here for you and we're praying for you. If you have some questions, please give us a call at 520-836-9676. We'd also like to encourage you to find a church and begin attending regularly. If you live in Casa Grande, we'd love for you to come visit us. The Open Word is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Casa Grande, and we meet every Saturday at 6.30 p.m. and Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. You're welcome to join us for a time of worship and Bible study and a time to get to know other believers and find support. Find out more when you call us. Again, that number is 520-836-9676. You can also find out more about The Open Word and listen to additional messages by visiting theopenword.com. That's all for today. Thanks for tuning in to The Open Word.